So, a few years ago, um, I got this wonderful privilege of uh, taking my kids and my family to Disney. Mom and sister came along. We had a wonderful, wonderful vacation time. And uh, we got a chance to go to this particular part of Disneyland, uh, Disney World rather, uh, called Legoland. Can we show a picture of that? This is Legoland in Orlando, Florida. One of the, one of the places I just really, really loved being a part of. And uh, while I was there, I got a chance. We got a few pictures I'll just show here this morning. I got my, my, my boys were there and they had this circle there where you can just play with all these different, uh, all these different Legos. Anybody ever been there? Anybody ever seen that? It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. We got a few other pictures. I, I saw this one. This one's pretty neat. The, the Hulk made out of Legos. It was ginormous. It was huge. It was awesome. And uh, so here's the area where they get to play and they get to kind of build stuff on the spot. We were killing some time because my other daughter was doing something else. And uh, it kind of brought me back to when I was a kid how I got to play with Legos. And I had, uh, I had Legos like this, these classic Legos, right? These like, you know, they had like uh, red boxes and blue boxes and they kind of, it was just a bunch of different things, right? And so this was what I had when I was a kid. I played with a bunch of Legos and we put them all and we throw them all in a box and we, we build some, a bunch of things. Nothing would like color match, right? It's not supposed to because, you know, I wasn't rich or anything. I just got Legos. And so, uh, so we got all these Legos and we would build whatever we did with it. And some of my friends had certain Legos that you can build certain things with. And they've gotten really amazing with some of the things that they're able to do now with Legos. How many know, how many ever seen something you're just like, wow, that's just crazy, right? It's just amazing the stuff that they have with Legos. And so I, I, I'm here in this era, right, where there's like boxes and it's, it's small, but if you step on it, that's a whole nother issue. That's another message. <laughs> Lego classic, right? Talk about speech and all this thing. But anyway, um, nowadays, it kind of moved into a whole nother realm of Legos. Anybody notice like how we went from like, here's a box of Legos to like build a hovercraft that will take fighters from one galaxy to the next or whatever. And specifically, it's this particular one is a, a Star Wars one and they have amazing ones that can really, really, I mean, not just a top dollar, like we're talking about hundreds of dollars, right? And out of these Lego blocks, I can build some pretty cool things. But when they started releasing these, you know, kids started building pretty cool things. Here's the problem. When my kids were young, they would get these things and they're not cheap, right? Do you buy these? And they're not cheap. And we would buy it for them and be like, let's build this together. And they'd be like, yay. And they're like, dump it, right? In the middle of the living room. We're like, that's awesome. That's great. And then we like, okay, grab the instructions. They come with a white sheet. These are the times I actually grab the instructions. Why are you laughing? Because I'm like most men. Oh, I'll figure it out. Not a problem. Not a big deal. I will grab the instructions, I will grab the plans and how it lays out and do this first because there's nothing more frustrating than you get to step nine and you're supposed to do that and wait till step nine and do it, but you did it in step one and now it won't fit. And you're like, oh, I should have done it here, right? So I grabbed the plans and then my, my kids, at times, they would like start building, they get frustrated like three minutes in. 
Because they're like, no, I want it done. And then what happens is they'd be like, but dad, while you build that, they'll grab their thing and they'll dump it with all the ones from this. And you're like, wait, wait, no, no, time out, wait. Don't do that. Like, don't, there's specific, there's specific ones to build this. Like, just this. But they want to dump it. They don't want the plans. They don't want none of that. Just give me what I want to build and I want to build it. But this has plans. This has a specific color, a specific rounded edge. There's a, all these very specific things. And what I want to kind of talk to you this morning about is called recover the plants. Recover the plants. Finding God's call and why you matter. Now let me, I want to kind of marry these thoughts for a moment because if we really look at it honestly, this is two ways to approach Christianity. These are two very different ways to approach Christianity. This way is that I will build it, I will figure it out, and I will put it together as I see fit. There's ideas. I like how they put on here, ideas included. Not, not mandatory, not required, all assembly required. Here, there's a plan. Put this piece on this, put that piece on that. Now connect those pieces to this piece. When you have followed all the plans and the instructions, you will have what looks like this, we hope, right? That's the plan. But some people live their Christianity more like this. I will build it. I will figure it out. I will put it together. It's not so much specifically laid out plans, but more so I will put some things together and figure it out as I go. The problem is, is that when, we, when uh, my kids were young, we'd have a big tote and they would like half build this and they'll be like, it's time to clean up. And they're like, and then we're like, wait, we didn't finish that. And now you got to thumb through and see if you can fit. How many know that that's frustrating right there? Like, that's like, that's more like, okay, no, you done did it now. There's no, there's a point of no return, right? But I'm here to tell you that there's an opportunity that God has laid out for you to recover the plans. See, because this requires a plan. It's tailor-made to build this, just like you were tailor-made to follow the plan God has for you. This has a plan. And if you follow it, it will look like this or close to it. You don't have a plan. You approach Christianity, it's going to look like this. Here are all the pieces in this box. It's just pieces. You figure it out. And sometimes we're comfortable with this part because we don't have any accountability. We like the fact that we don't have to be accountable to anybody. But it's terribly frustrating when you feel like you're supposed to be doing something with your life and you can't figure out what that is. Anybody ever been frustrated like that? If you're not raising your hand, you haven't looked long enough. Because I think we all at one point, like, what am I supposed to be doing here? 
You may or may not recognize this, but you're here for a purpose. You're here with a plan. God has put you here with a plan to build something with you, to do something with you. You're not random pieces in this box of life. You're not random colors, random things with ideas included. God has a plan, and what he's going to build with you is amazing. But you got to follow the plan, his plan, not your plan or your idea, his plan. So I want everyone to say this with me. Say, I need to recover the plan. That's God's will for my life. The plan is God's will for my life. So let me share with you two thoughts here today. I want to share with you two truths that I believe will help you find your purpose. Is this helpful to anybody? Some ideas to kind of help you. I'm not going to answer what your call is this morning, but if you follow these truths, it'll be a lot easier on your flesh, on your spirit, mostly on your spirit, because your flesh gets all bent out of shape when the spirit man (laughs) follows God's will, right? When your soul really wants to follow God, your flesh is like, come on, man. Let me just be free and do what I want to do. Anybody ever been there? Yeah, most of you. Some of you are not admitting yet, but I know you said yes. So here's my first thought to you here this morning. We must let God reveal our purpose. God, not man, not even our talents. You can find a hint when you, when you realize your talents and your gifts, right? Some of you have talents and gifts that are beyond me, beyond other people in this room. That doesn't mean it's exactly what God has for you right now. It could be for something down the line. For sure, God doesn't give you a gift just to have you sit on it. Hello? If you have a gift, don't sit on it. Ask God, when are you wanting to release me to use it? Right? Some of you have incredible gifts. You need to find what that is. And if you know what it is, ask God when it's time to respond. So we must let God reveal our purpose. Ephesians 2.10 says this, for we are his workmanship created in what? Christ Jesus for good works. God created you to do works. He created you to do works. He, He doesn't save you by it, but he created you to do it, right? Which God prepared when? Just now? Last week? No. Beforehand, you know what beforehand is? In the womb. He prepared you in the womb with everything and equipped you with everything you need to fulfill God's plan for your life. So, he prepared it beforehand so that we would walk in them. God didn't call you and give you gifts and abilities so you would ignore them. He created them and put them in you so you can walk in them, in the plants, not in our whatever we want to call this. His plan. So when we look at this, we realize the problem that a lot of us have is that we have such a deep longing to know what we're supposed to do with our lives that we go searching for purpose and we cling to the first thing that makes logical sense and then we hold on to that forever, even if it's not God. Yeah? Like, oh yeah, that sounds good, let's do that. And then you spend four years in a college you weren't supposed to go to. Spend an absorbent amount of money you didn't even have. Or 
You start dating someone you shouldn't have dated. Or you spend money you shouldn't have spent. You, you fill in the blank. And then you look back and you go, wow, I did that really quickly on a whim. And God says, I have a plan for you. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not God. Just because it's hard doesn't mean God is not in it. Sometimes I question if things are too easy, if God is even in it. Because the enemy don't bother people that are not a threat. If you're coasting through Christianity, you might be doing it wrong. Come on, I'm here to tell you the truth, not just tickle your ears a little bit. Some of you are like, is he going to build anything at any point in this message? Because that's what I want to see happen. Don't tell me things I don't want to really hear. Build something so I can feel better about myself right now. My prayer is that this is where you want to be. Lord, I have a specific call on my life. And I have pieces of my life that need to go in certain places. Now help me to find those pieces. And you find them within this box. You find them within this realm. You're not going to find these pieces to build this exact thing in there. I promise you. Look at me. Those of you online, give me a thumbs up or something. Those of you in the room, give me a thumbs up or something. I didn't want you to feel left out. <laughs> I promise you. I promise you. You're not going to find all the pieces you need to build this in there. You're not. You're not. Why? Because this was made with this plan in mind. Y'all never look at Lego the same again now, right? Y'all like, let go, let God. I get it now. Let go, let God. I'm not always responsible for what comes out my mouth. Just let go, let God. That was awesome. I'm going to take notes on that. But no, seriously though, you're not going to find these pieces in there. Why? Because this was built on this was created in a factory with a mold that said create this many of this and this many of that and this many of this and throw them all in the box and sell them for an absorbent amount of money. <laughs> this was made, I need one piece of this, I need one piece of that. And I need two pieces of this so I can create this. There are specific pieces in your life, people. People that are in your life that make you better. There are people in your life that make you bitter. You have to decide which ones get kicked to the curb and which ones stay so you can create the very plan that God has laid out for you. Is this helping anybody? There's a plan for you. Come on, say there's a plan for me. A plan. And you got to recover the plans. The biggest problem we come into is this. The biggest problem is when you lose the instructions. Because then you look at the pieces and you go, I got all the pieces, but I got no plans. Well, let me open up the plans for you real quick. The plans are found right here in God's word. 
And with these plans, we'll find that I spend so much time wondering and wandering that I think to myself, what if I spent more time praying about it instead of wondering and wandering about the pieces of the puzzle in my life? How many would agree that your life can sometimes be a puzzle that no man (laughs) can solve? (laughs) It is to me right at this moment. But it's true, though. I'm a puzzle that not many people can solve. I get it. I get it. I get it. It's easy to be haunted by the lack of purpose, doesn't it? Be haunted by the fact that, man, I know God has a plan for me, but I don't know what that is. How many ever felt that feeling? It's a dark feeling. It doesn't have to be dark. Guess what? It can, be, it can actually be an exhilarating moment. Stop making the, the question a gloomy question. It's actually a question that many people are not daring enough to ask. Are you hearing me? Is this mic on? Y'all need to stop looking at that question like it's a dark question that you shouldn't be asking. Because it make me look insecure or make me look like vulnerable or something. What does God have for me right now? That's not a bad question to ask. There are people that should have asked this 15 years ago, but they never did because of pride. And now they're stuck in a situation 15 years later that they didn't have to be in it had they asked it 15 years ago. Are you with me? Because God has a plan, a layout for you. And so... God reveals our calling in two ways. Number one, the first way he reveals our calling is he reveals a general calling. Come on, those of you that are taking notes, write this down. He reveals a general calling. What is that found? That's found in scripture. He calls us all to what? Go and preach the gospel. Tell somebody. Listen, you don't have to have a degree in Bible or counseling or pastoring or go to a a Bible school in general, online or physical, spend multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to school, whatever that looks like anymore, and, and, and you can open your mouth and share what God has done in your life right here, right now. There's a general calling, yes? He's called every one of us to do that. But God also reveals a specific calling, and that happens through his voice. That happens when you open up the scriptures. Well, I opened up the scriptures last week, Pastor Tony, that one time. And that one time I prayed and I didn't feel anything, so I stopped. Really? So you tell me that if you show up at Planet Fitness and you do 10 reps with that five-pound weight, that you have met your goals? Some of you are like, that's what I did wrong. I got to up it to 10. (laughs) Right? That would be absurd to think, right? Sammy, has anyone ever showed up at your dance class and and say, you know what? Show me this thing one time and I'm going to nail it and then I'm going to be done. I'm done with it. No, they got to do it over and over again. And they mess up and they do it over again, right? Has anyone done anything by construction? Raise your hand if you've done construction. If you've ever hung up drywall, if you've ever painted, did you nail it the first time you did it and you were like, I don't need anyone to teach me anything more? No, some of y'all drywall look like this. First time you put up, you're like, something's off. Yeah, the whole thing. Right? The whole thing. Take it all out. Do it again. You don't nail it the first time. 
So why do you expect to pray, ask, and then all of a sudden, a dove descends from heaven, lands on your shoulder, and tells you exactly what you need to do with the rest of your life? Absurd, yes? God has a specific call, so you need to be around around him long enough to hear it. He said, go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. So there's a specific calling. Many times, a specific call, right? We look at the general call. The general call is when Mark sums up when he says this. He says, go into all the world. Right? That's, the, that's the general call, right? The general calling. Then there's the specific calling where God says, you know what? I'm going to use you to do this. And that's where some of you get hung up on because you lost the plants. And you're like, I don't know what God has for me. I'm like, oh, oh, crack open the Bible and find out. Just start praying. Start reading. You'll be amazed as to what God reveals when you start reading. So the plans are here. If I open this box up right now, inside you'll find every piece you need to make this. Yeah? And you will find a white piece of paper that tells you step one. Step two. Step three, and it leads up to however many steps that it takes to complete that task. Stop being scared about how many steps, because some of you look for... Now, and let me ask this question, because some of you may or may not admit this. How many of you ever opened up the instructions, and you looked to find out how many steps before you started? And you're like, I don't know if I have enough time to do this. How many of them were scared by it, you shoved it back in the box, and you said, I don't have time for this? Anybody? I've done that. Christmas time? Horrible. Everybody buys gifts for my kids, and they're like, all right, we want this built, Daddy. Like, now! And you're like, I don't have time to build all this. Like, right this moment, I need to start one at a time and start building it, right? One, and then one, and then one. They want it now! And then what happens if if I don't do it fast enough? They dump it on their floor, and somehow they lose pieces. And then I start building, and I'm like, what's going on? Don't be scared by how many steps. Start with step one. You won't be scared if you start with the step you need to start with. When you complete step one, go to step two. Not 13, no. Not 13. Somebody, somebody was jumping ahead. Wait, don't, don't go to 13 yet. Two. Then Three. What happens is we get ahead of ourselves and we think, God, you calling me to where? To do what? No way. That's too many steps. Do step one now. Step one, grab your Bible or whatever digital device you have with the Bible on. Step two, open it. Read it, right? Do something with it and realize that he has a specific call for your life. So here's what I want us to understand. There are two parts to every calling. Two parts to every calling. You ready? God's call and man's answer. That's two parts to every calling. God's call and man's answer. God's call and man's answer. See, the problem is when we run from his word, we run from his presence. When we run from his presence, we run from his purpose for our lives. And we create our own bad situation. Who's with me so far? If you with me, I, I may preach shorter. I'm not going to lie. Acts chapter 9, Paul is on the road to Damascus. Some of y'all know this story, right? He's on the road to Damascus. 
Paul was a killer of Christians. This is what he did. This was his occupation. I kill Christians. I imprison them. This is what I do. He was on, he was on his, what well, we presume to be on his horse on the way to Damascus. On the way to Damascus, all of a sudden, a bright light shone from the sky, and there was Jesus, as, as we understand it, Acts chapter 9. And then at that point, while he was on this uh, horse, he fell to the ground, and so at that moment, Jesus begins to talk with him. Paul responds with this. You ready? Lord, what do you want me to do? He didn't say, Lord, what church do you want me to attend so I can know what to do? I need the right pastor to tell me the right thing to do right now. No. He said, Lord, tell me what you want me to do. Why? Because God never wastes a reveal. God never wastes a reveal. Paul understood God. This, look at me. Everyone look at me. Look at me. God never wastes a reveal. Paul, even as a killer of Christians, understood that this is happening to me for a reason, and I need to find out what I need to do because God never wastes a reveal. Notice he called them Lord. Lord. He understood his place. Have you ever been humbled by a situation so much that you say, Lord, even if he's not your Lord? Even if at the moment you've kind of turned your back on him, you still say, Lord? Why? Because you recognize his part in your life. So he says, Lord, what do you want me to do? Jesus replies to him, arise and go to the city and you will be told what you must do. Step one, arise and go to the city. He didn't tell him what he needed to do next. He didn't tell him step two. But everybody in this room wants step two, three, four, five, and six, and if you got time, give me seven. We think that's how God operates. Sometimes God just gives you what you need to know right now so that you can get to that place and not be scared by all the things he has for you. Don't look ahead. Don't look at the plan seven, eight, nine, ten. Don't look at those steps. Look at step one. What do you want me to do? Go here. Okay, I'll go there. Now when I get there, Lord, what do you want me to do now? And some of you are in step 10, 11, and 12, and you still have a few to go, but you have lost the plans along the way. I'm here to get you back. I'm here to get you back. Let's get the plan back. He has got the plans for you. Let's figure them out so we can build what we need to build as a church together. You with me? Yes? Let's build what we need to build together. So... Paul intentionally sets aside everything else and he waits for God to speak. He goes to where he needs to go and there he is. Shortly thereafter, Paul starts preaching Christ crucified. God healed him. God touches him. All of a sudden, he starts preaching to the very people he was killing and they started feeling a little bit like, are we sure we want to have him as a special guest on Sunday? Right? Please welcome the world-class murder of Christians to the stage. Can you imagine if I did that next week, right? If I stood up on the stage, I'm like, I had 1,400 friends of mine get killed by this man I'm about to introduce to you. I asked him to come share a few thoughts. Some of you are like, I have a thought right now. Is get the heck out of here quickly. Right? 
That's not like, a no, well, that's exactly what happened. Why? Because they looked at everything in the past and labeled him by his past. God didn't label Paul by his past. And he doesn't label you from yours. So, he went from being a hater to being a promoter. I'll tell you exactly what happened. Paul found his purpose. Paul found his purpose. He found the plans to build his life on Christ Jesus. Sometimes we put way too much pressure on ourselves by thinking that we have to meet some sort of standard of good deeds or intelligence or talent. You don't. You just don't. None of us do. God uses those things for sure. But if you seek him and you follow him and you just take it step by step here, God can and will use you. Number two, and here's my second and final thought. We have to stop trying to live out somebody else's plans. Whether it's you're a student here and you have your family, your parents, or somebody living out your, their dreams through you. You see it in gyms and in fields across America, right? That father that almost made it to the NBA and almost got drafted. That man that was almost a star running back at Penn State, but he blew out his knee his senior year. Then he pushes his son to be something that he would aspire to be if he had the chance. And all of a sudden, that kid is like, I don't even like doing this. I had a kid the other day, and this is a true story. I was teaching the other day, and um, I, 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 we were talking about different words. Uh, and I said, this word in Spanish means this. I said, lucha means wrestling or wrestler. Luchador, wrestler. And I looked at someone that I know wrestles. I said, just so you know, that's what that word means in case you want to write that down as one of the things you enjoy. Because we were talking about what types of sports do you enjoy? And there was a list of them. And one of them was not wrestling. And I said, I saw a wrestler in the room and I know he wrestles. And I said, in case you want to know, lucha means wrestle. Luchador means a wrestler. If you wanted to write that down. He goes, why do you assume I like wrestling? And I said, well, because you wrestle. And he goes, ah. My brother's a state champ, three-time state champ. He doesn't even like wrestling. He's a, he's a wrestler. He wrestles himself. I watched him wrestle. He's really good, too. And he's like, I don't even like wrestling. And the way he kind of looked down, and I, I, I kind of felt at that moment, I'm going, what's happening right now? Do I need to make an altar call or something? Like, <laughs> Here, this kid is a phenomenal wrestler. His brother's three-time state champ or something. Like, ridiculously good. He's like, wiping everybody out. And he's like, I don't even like wrestling. And I'm going to myself, the heck are you doing wrestling then? That's a lot of time, effort, and energy. I said, well, and I looked at him, I said, so why do you wrestle? He goes, because I'm good at it. Just, this happened just this past week. I was kind of thrown off by it. And so I stepped back and I'm like, are we just doing something because we're good at it or we really genuinely love to follow Jesus? So, he has to find out his plan for his own life, right? And so do you. And so do I. So my point is this. In Galatians 2, we look at something very specific and I'm going to kind of close with this thought for a moment. I need you to hear me because this is 
This is profound. I need you to hear this. This will change your life. I'm not even kidding you. I'm not saying that just to say it. I legitimately mean this. In Galatians 2, we find two characters, two characters, and they're very different. Peter, Paul. Peter and Paul are very different characters. Their personalities and their calling. They have the same message of grace. I need, you, I need everyone listening to me because this right here will mess you up. They have the same message of grace, same message of hope, same message of the Messiah, but each one have a different people to preach to. So if Paul has spent all his time trying to convince Peter to preach to the Gentiles, he wouldn't have time to do what God called him to do because Peter wasn't called for that. If Peter had decided that his ministry needed to look more like Paul's, he would have followed like Paul and done what Paul was doing and his ministry wouldn't have become what it was. You see in the, in the book of Acts how they went their separate ways because they were both called to preach, one to the Gentile, one to the Jew. I'm telling you today that for some of you, you spent so much time doing something you have not been called to do that you missed out what God has called you to do. Recover the plans. Go back to the drawing board. Look inside the box. Rediscover that God has a plan. Find every piece of the puzzle that will help you get there. And some of them are people. Some of them are Things in your life, some of them, some of it, guess what, is church. Some of it is finding the communion opportunity to, to connect, whether it's a Bible study or a prayer. How many know we have stuff on Tuesday? We have stuff on Wednesday. We have stuff on Thursday. We have stuff on Sunday morning. We have all those opportunities. And some of you still feel disconnected. Friend, you will forever feel disconnected if you don't respond to something. Are you hearing me as your pastor? If you don't respond to something, you will fall for anything. So understand this. Even if we know our purpose, we won't be able to walk it out if we end up comparing ourselves to everybody else. Peter wasn't like Paul, and Paul wasn't like Peter. Are you with me? Stop comparing yourself and being occupied by what everybody else is doing. You with me? Stop being so preoccupied with what everybody else is doing. And understand that 1 Corinthians tells us this. If you have your Bibles, turn with me right now to 1 Corinthians 12. Really quickly, turn there. 1 Corinthians 12. And it says this. And for those of you that don't have your Bibles, look up at the screen. It says this. If the whole body were an eye... Where would the hearing be if the whole if be if the whole were hearing? Where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members of each of them in the body just as he desired. Friends, there's nothing more frustrating than to try to do something God hasn't called you to do over and over again. God has placed us in the body to do something. So let me share with you this. I'm going to have the back just, uh, I'm going to just forego the worship team. 
back, just play something for me real soft, real soft in the background, please. I want to share with you a story. There was a professor that was trying to make a note. A professor that was trying to make a note. And stories told of this professor had stood before his students one day. And each student, he gave them a balloon. And he said to each of his students, he said, I need you to fill this balloon up. And they did. <sighs> Tied it up. And he said, here's what I want you to do. On your desk, there's a, there's a marker. I want you to write your name on it. They each wrote their name on it. Everyone follow me. They all ran out to the hallway. Went out to the hallway, rather. As they went out to the hallway, he said, I want every one of you to throw your balloons out to the, to the, to the hallway, right on the ground. So they did. They threw out their balloons in the hallway. And I think a bunch of the classes did this. And so they did this. They, they put their name on it. And they threw it out there. And they said, here's what I want you to do. Somebody ran through it, started knocking them all over the place and mixing them all up. And they were like, what is he doing? The professor stopped for a moment and said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to find a balloon, a balloon, any balloon. Get that balloon, read the name, and go give it to the person it belongs to. So they did that. And in five minutes, five minutes, everyone had their balloon. And the, all the students were like, okay, what was that all about? And he said this, if you help other people find happiness, you'll eventually get yours. If you would have tried to find yours in the midst of all of that, we would have been here a whole lot longer. He said, find somebody, help somebody find theirs and you will find your happiness. And there's nothing that brings me more joy and happiness than to help somebody find their calling. So here's what I want us all to do. Underneath your chair, there's a balloon. No, I'm kidding. In all seriousness, if we can help somebody find their purpose, God will return that favor and help us find ours. Recover the plants. You can't build this with this. So stop getting frustrated by the fact that you're walking around with this trying to build this. Put this down and say, God, show me the plan so I can build exactly what you need me to build. Amen? Can I have you bow your heads with me for a moment? Father, thank you that you called us all for a specific purpose and calling. I ask you today, mighty Jesus, that you will give us the opportunity to recover the plans that you have for us. Today, Lord, may we be a people that seek your will, your plans for our life. Lord, there's times that we try to find our happiness by just trying to go out and get our own. But what if we stepped out of our comfort zone and help others find their joy, their purpose, their calling, their balloon? We know that eventually ours will come our way. 
Father, be with us. And for those that are struggling with their calling, what you call them to do, be, and follow. And may we all find exactly what we're called to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.